One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening, ladies and gents, and happy new year. Welcome to the first fallout bar of 2023. Uh, fantastic to have you all alongside us this evening as we talk over the quarterfinal action of the PDC World Darts Championship. Myself, Jack Garwood and Mr. Cam McFarlane joining me once again. I mean, brave wearing that hoodie, mate, but I'll let it slide. Yeah, it's not not gone not gone great today. I even shaved in the the Minshew tash and everything, which I forgot until we just <laughs> until we just started <laughs> on here. I just in my own in my own face. Uh, yeah, it didn't go so well tonight that one. Um, but it is what it is. I've just been desperately looking around the flat to try and find my on-ear headphones, but I couldn't actually find them, so I'm gonna have to go without. Yeah, I mean, I was wearing mine for the show earlier in the earlier in the the tournament because I'm travelling and home for food, so I didn't fancy putting mine on. But uh, yeah, that will inevitably inevitably be quite a big talking point of this evening uh good evening to everybody in the chat room as it's the first one of the year i'll say hello to every single one of you individually uh joe's in daniel's in g's in uh matthew's in as well plenty of headphone emojis i can't possibly think why uh steven's in craig's in as well good to see you guys uh bob's back lovely to have you mate matthew macy yankee clippers in as well uh looking for some new names kieran randall's is in jack nolte's in as well tommy uh catherine downey yep you're bang on uh colin's in as well good to see HJV, Happy New Year to yourself. Uh, James Borden's in. Uh, Rob, SAFC's in. Uh, Lee Seymour's in. He says, a Minnesota Vikings fan here myself. Lucky, lucky boys this season. Um, Not so much today, though. Well, it's lucky all season. Are they 12-2 and two or something at the minute? I saw a stat that was but, like, if well, you reverse the outcome of every one-score game in the NFL, they'd be like 13-0. and 0, uh, Norton 13 or something. Yeah, they're twelve and three, but they are looking like they're about to go twenty-one three down to to the um, Packers, which is a bit of a surprise result because the Packers have been absolutely toilet all year. But yeah, but this is a dart show, so moving yeah. swiftly on, uh, the quarterfinal stage of the PDC World Darts Championship is in the bag, and it feels like all four games have been. There's been moments where they threatened to be close, but we didn't get a single last leg last set shootout there wasn't really any late drama in any of the matches was there no it was it was one that we thought going into it could be a really good day of action and we could have a lot of close battles and it just never really ignited that way did it um the first match was probably was the cost of a lot and tuva did look like that one could have could have gone long but yeah other than that it was a little bit of an anti-climax today. Well, yeah. you say that, no, but then... It wasn't, a... it wasn't. We've got stuff to talk about. Yeah. We've got a very, very interesting semi-final lineup. perhaps not for swashbuckling everybody smashing in Tumper Savages, but for very contributing factors as well. I think we are... Really? Um, there's, there's plenty to unpack from today. Just... 
the on the hockey action possibly didn't live up to quarterfinals of the world championships, everybody at their A game that you would have hoped for on this occasion. Yeah, and that that's it, isn't it? I mean, it just but it's tough to go and do it on, on this stage, especially when you get into the business end of it and to to perform to your very best. There's a lot of pressure on sort of on everyone up there and it's not it's not easy to perform your best and sometimes a win is more important than, than the performance to be fair. Yeah, it is indeed. Uh, before we get into the action, a couple of big thank yous. I want everybody that joined us throughout all of the shows so far. Another to everybody that is subscribed to the channel as we hit the milestone of 30,000 subscribers as the new year turned. It's a couple of hours just before that. Uh, so the team are really, really chuffed for that. So we really do appreciate everybody's support, especially if you're involved in the chat. And that means you're 100% a subscriber because uh, that's the mode that we have. So, yeah, appreciate um the fact that all of you guys are here. If you are here, do just drop us a like on the stream as well. That'll really help us out. And go and follow us across all of our socials as well. Our TikTok right now is absolutely flying. And I'm not going to pretend I'm young enough to understand how or why, but it's still a great time to waste a few hours. So if you fancy having a scroll on there, uh, make sure you're following us on there as well. Uh, Happy New Year to a couple of people that have joined the stream uh, since we got underway as well. Um, to uh, Pat Everzin, uh, B Middleton, uh, James Borden, uh, and Harvey Page has just joined as well. So thanks for joining us. Um, but Cam, I suppose we better actually look back at some darts now. Um, we start off with the first quarterfinal. We're just going to go in, in game order. Um, Dimitri Vandenberg against Johnny Clayton. And it just seemed to be one of those tight and intense affairs of two players that haven't had the seasonal success that they have in the last couple of years. And it felt like a game that was going to define either their seasons and, and they both felt the pressure of that all along. Yeah, I think think that you think you're right with that. I mean, the first time this tournament we've seen Johnny dip below 50% on the finishing. He started off really well through the first couple of sets. He was sort of strong on the outer ring and he was still above 50%, but then it fell away a little bit when it, when it mattered really for him. And it was a bit of a surprise because... He's looked cool all week, um, all two weeks up until this point. And I kind of expected him to get over the line in the course one here. I thought if it did come down to a scrappy affair, his finishing would be the difference. But it turned out to be the scoring power of Dimitri giving him more more opportunities. And he just he took more of those chances and actually finished up with a with a higher checkout percentage than than Johnny in the end as well. Yeah, I mean, to get to this point, Johnny's been at 50% checkout percentage for the entire tournament. To finish this match with, with 35, normally you'd expect you can still get away with matches at, at that level. 35 to yeah. 40% is, is where you'd expect if you're hitting one of three, especially if a lot of those one of threes are at the end of a three dart combat, three darts in hand sort of thing. Um, but the scoring power just, just wasn't quite there to match that from Dimitri. Was it? I mean, he, he dominates the 140s, as you expect, but it still felt like there was just far too many loose starts from Johnny Clayton. The first start wasn't quite sitting right, and that switch was causing him all sorts of problems. I don't think I've ever seen Johnny Clayton hit as many big sevens as he did this as he did this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I think you're right. I think he just... He's a lot away with darts, and it's not something we see a lot from him. He's generally pretty steady, but like I say, he wasn't just wasn't quite at it. And you're gonna get beat if you're not quite at it against him. We know that. Um, it was a pretty solid performance from him, even despite missing quite a lot of doubles himself. I mean, the one eighties were absolutely flying, and so he gave himself enough time and enough opportunities that it made it a little bit easier for him um, and probably took the pressure off a little bit because he knew he had time to miss and could still come back and save the legs. Yeah, he did indeed. Um, pivotal moment, uh, the sixth set, end of the sixth set, Johnny Clayton misses darts to take a 4-2 lead. Dimi instead levels up at three apiece and after that it seemed to just be that little bit of one-way traffic. Dimi breaks pretty early in the following set, uh, takes the set against the darts and in the final set you thought Clayton had done all the hard work misses another five darts to keep himself in the match and, and force a deciding set and, and Dimmy just runs away with that final leg as well it just seemed to be that for all Clayton's brilliance and everything that we have expected from him over the last couple of years he struggled a little bit in the back end of this year performances at the start of the tournament were very very good mid 90s very very good on the doubles but tonight it almost felt like the timing let him down and he was exposed a little bit because of that. Yeah, it did. Like you say, I mean, going into this game, you'd 
wanted one player of the of the last eight that you'd have wanted hitting your double if, if you needed it, you'd have had Johnny. And when it came down to it, like you say, that that second to last leg in, in the final set, four darts at double missed and none of them particularly close either. They it, they weren't weren't particularly well thrown either and he kind of crumbled a little bit when, when it mattered. But not something we usually expect to see from him. But, I mean, everyone everyone's due an off day on, on the outer ring, aren't they? So it just came at the wrong time for him, unfortunately. Yeah, in his first ever World Championship quarterfinal. There are some wider implications potentially for this match in terms of where these two are placed in the world and the seasons that they've had. Potentially, there's a, plenty, there's a couple of people talking this up as, as what was a Premier League shootout as well as a, a World Championship quarterfinal. Um, and with that, I suppose you have to explore had a, a varied response to, to Dimmy's... I don't want to call it antics, I don't want to call it reactions, but the way that Dimmy will reset himself in the middle of a leg or the way that he'll take his time to compose himself etc and, and how watchable that is where, where do you stand on that topic yeah it's i don't know we've discussed this before in terms of what we think that is and whether it's for his benefit or whether it's sort of to for the other player i I do think it is just something that he feels he needs to do when he's up there. I don't think it's really gamesmanship. I mean, we saw him do it after taking out a big checkout at one point and then take his time to then go up to the hockey and start the next leg. And I think it was more for him because he kind of got there and then went, no, actually, I need to reset and start again here. Um, and then fired in a 140 or 180, I think. I think it, it worked for him, with, however he did it anyway. Um, it's not great to watch. I mean, but, that's the wider implication. Look, I think we've discussed this a fair few times on um, the live lounge in particular, and then we do unpack it a little bit whenever we see Dimitri play. There's always going to be that, that throwback moment for me to the Grand Slam a couple of years ago, group stages, he was smashing people up, 112 averages for fun or, or something ridiculously high, where he was just free-flowing, let the darts do the talking, and then he started messing around with paces a little bit later in the tournament and, and that sort of thing. And because we know he can do that, because we know that he has those moments. And we've seen those releases even today. There was a moment in the second set where he gave it an almighty roar and then realised what he'd done as if to say, I can't be seen doing that. It, it sort of felt like, oh, no, I've just done that in front of a camera. Now I've got to step back and do it. That, that's, that's how it feels as a viewer, I think, yeah. sometimes, coming across because the natural reaction is to give it that roar and, and to let it explode. And we, we have seen that on the hockey. And I guess that's the other argument we've been having on social media and people always have is, the Premier League is about more. And look, Dimi is at an advantage in the fact he speaks five languages. His walk-on is very, very entertaining. He fits the image of a dark player that Sky and the PDC want to start going down to try and attract bigger and, and bolder sponsors to move the sport away from the image of your average pub player, mid-30s to 40s bloke with a bit of a beer belly on and whatever else. Dimi ticks all of those boxes. But... Is his on the hockey persona now working against him in that regard? I don't know because I think I still think we see enough from him and and the play. Like when he's actually starts throwing, his rhythm's still pretty rapid. Um, it's no, I don't really think it does. Uh, I still think what he gives you and he hit, he's a big one eighty hitter. He's he'll fire in the big finishes. It's exactly what. They want in terms of that that crowd for the for the they Premier League, or and like you can get that with, with Peter Wright, but I suppose you get the walk on with Peter Wright as well. You get the entertaining comments afterwards, which we're going to discuss on Dimmy again in a minute as well. It's almost like they're mini versions of each other. Just Peter Wright doesn't take that moment to do his best Mr Miyagi impersonation for for want of a better phrase. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um... But yeah, when we're getting into the the post fight, uh, post fight, post, post match, and the um... do you know why you said post fight? Because the way he took the mic was like AJ taking it yes. in half of the exactly. music, isn't it? Exactly, exactly that. Exactly that yeah, um, it, it was, and I mean, I almost think you've just got to be a little. I think someone just needs to be a bit stronger and say, no, actually, you're not having the mic. The thing is to give any dark player the mic on the Alexander yeah. Palace stage. We've seen it with Barney and Bunting. We've seen it with Gurney. And now we've seen it with Dimitri Vandenberg. 
Do not let them just take the mic. Michael Briggs, yeah. that is on you. That's it. Keep hold of that mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what happens. We'll put a few more mics in front of him. This is Dimitri in his post-match press conference after his 5-3 victory over Johnny Clayton. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, at the moment, I'm just doing my thing. I know I can. I know I can step up. I know I can hit 13 dart legs. I know I can hit 12 dart legs or lower. Uh, I really want to make history as well by being the first player hitting two nine darters at the World Championship. But yeah, as always, step by step, game by game, set by set. We'll see. I'm not afraid of anybody. If Dimitri rocks up the way he can, everybody has to fear me. It doesn't matter how good you are. I can hit 13 dart legs, 12 dart legs on on a row. I'm working hard. I'm practicing hard. Everybody around me is supporting me so much. I've got the right thing around me. There is no reason why I couldn't. I'm just two games away now from making my dream come true. And I really hope, I really hope that it keeps going the way it's going. My way. Uh, just to add to just to add to his antics on on stage, he's now referring to himself in the third person as well. Um. Yeah, I, I don't like to sit here and bash people, especially not when they've just won one of the biggest games of their career. But third person, I, I don't agree with. It's no. counting. He, what, talking about wanting to be the first player to hit two nines in the same tournament is bigging up the amount of times he hits a twelve and thirteen dollar. Well, they're different visits. Let's count. Um, and yeah. I think everybody hopes that their dream just continues to be fair, but they've got to say something in the interview. So, yeah, absolute war and peace from them, despite the fact that these tend to last just as long as that book does. <laughs> uh, into the second quarterfinal of the afternoon. Uh, and it looked like this was going to be a pretty comprehensive win for Michael Smith. There was a moment where I turned to social media and said, the composure's completely different. He looks like a different man. It's going to take something spectacular to stop Michael Smith. Can see plenty of Michael versus Michael finals in the future and, and going ahead. And then all of a sudden, Stephen Bunting just started to reel Michael Smith in a bit. Bully Boy gets over the line in the end, but by his own admission, that was not the best performance we've ever seen from Michael Smith on the World Championship stage. No, it wasn't at all. Yeah, it, it seemed absolutely done. Uh, Four one. <laughs> I think we're all thinking right. This is an early early end of the session, and we'll get get on and prepare for for the evening. But all of a sudden, like you say, Stephen just came back into it and looked dangerous. I mean, anytime he leaves himself on one sixty, it just looks like it's going as well. <laughs> it just looks looks like it's just the easiest shot in the world for him. I was surprised when the second one didn't go in. To be honest, with how he was playing at that point. Um, but yeah, I think it was. It went from being a, like I say, a clinical, comprehensive performance from from Michael to thinking, oh, he got away with one a little bit there almost. And to be fair, it was still it was still pretty solid. I mean, the scoring was absolutely nowhere near what you know we can do. Yeah. But the finishing now just looks like he hasn't got a worry every time he steps up to throw a double and he's getting himself through games that he wouldn't have won previously because. That finishing power is there now that yeah. hasn't always been his his biggest asset. Even when the set started to go away from Michael at 4 and up, 4 2, 4 3, etc., it wasn't his finishing that I thought lacked the composure that was the reason that was letting Mark Smith get away from it. He was just being outscored and outplayed. There was, there, was yeah. a, there was a little moment of petulance in there from him, which I thought we'd start to see out of his game, but I think that's a little bit of frustration. You can forgive it occasionally if it's in every game, then yeah. I think. That's where it's going to come from. There was frustration that he wasn't off the stage and, and job done. But it, in general, in terms of finishing, look, Bunton has had 58 attempts at a double. He's missed 44 of them. Bunton has missed more darts, 10 more darts at a double than Bully Boy has attempted in the entire match. That yeah. is a ridiculous stat. And that just goes to show how well Bunton has played. But every single time that last dart in hand combination didn't go for Stephen Bunton, Bully Boy was picking off the finishes. And it wasn't single dart, I've already missed that. It was two, three dart combinations. Yeah. There were so many 41 to 80s in there where it was just bang, single, single, double, single, single, double. It never looked like there was going to be anywhere else. And, and that's the biggest upturn in Michael Smith's game, I think, that we can we can pinpoint. He's been in four major finals since the last World Championship. It's strange to bet against him to be in another one right now as well. 
because we know he's got that extra level of scoring power if and when he needs it tomorrow. Yeah, and that's it. Like you say, I mean, Bunting scoring again for the third game in a row has just been absolutely just massive. I mean, 25 140s, I think he did something like 46 over the last two games as well. Just the scoring power is incredible for him. And another 14 180s. And to miss 44 darts at a double and still average 97 is, is one hell of a performance. But it just shows you that he got a little bit weirded by Michael Smith in that he's averaged 91, Smith, and still gone and won with a, with a bit of a cushion as well. Yeah, I want to talk Stephen Bonham because he seems to save his best performances for this World Championship. Two years ago, he made the semi-finals. So he's just gone a long way to defending a large chunk of that prize money. Not all of it. He falls a, 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 a round short. We've seen him make deep runs to the semi-finals of the match play before as well. In terms of ability, when he first moved over from the BDO, big things were expected. Won a pro tour first after the first 18 months. Didn't quite go to plan. He is more than capable of... When you see him play like this and when you see him play the way he did in the previous round and the, the ability that we know that Stephen Bunton has got, he's got the game in there to be a top eight player. I'm not saying everybody can be a top eight player at once, but we need to start seeing that more consistently from Stephen Bunton because on this form, on this showing, on the showing that we saw from him two years ago, on the showing that we've seen in Blackpool from him previously, Stephen Bunton has the chance to go and win major titles in the PDC still. 100%. I mean, if he can carry on scoring like that, and just tidy it up a little bit on the outer ring, which, to be fair, in his last two games, he was better than he was tonight, then he's going to beat a lot of people. He is, indeed. Uh, let's then hear from Michael Smith in his post-match press conference. A quick reminder that all these interviews are available in full on our YouTube channel once you finish watching us. Uh, or if you're that desperate, go and watch them right now. You're still counting as a view towards our channel. So here's Michael Smith. <laughs> Put myself under too much pressure. We're... I got sent a lot of videos the other night with Stephen saying I'm playing well, he's been watching me, I've been doing this, been doing that. People who know me, I don't even watch that. I watched Stuart Little, Aquaman and something else. But then Steve said I've been watching him. I just wanted to go on that stage tonight and I wanted to, don't get me wrong, I wanted to embarrass him on stage tonight thinking, I wanted to tell myself why does he even think he's got a chance. I just want to embarrass him off the board but didn't go as planned. Well, I still got the win. A little bit more needle than I was expecting. It was yeah. pretty friendly, general game. I didn't think there was any bad blood between these two, but it certainly seemed to rile Bully Boy up enough to, to mention it in his post-match press conference. I mean, a concern that perhaps that shows a little bit of fragility for a player that has been as successful as Mark Smith has this year. As I mentioned, four major finals. He's in a a semi-final of the World Championship once again. He's picked up his first major title. You're going to get more and more targets on your back. If, if comments like that said, I've watched him, I think I can beat him, they're going to get under your skin a bit, there's a bit more work to be done there for Bullywood. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a strange one for me. That And like you say, I mean, I didn't really think anyone had a bad word about Stephen Bunting, to be honest. <laughs> so, let's see, like, obviously, one of the nicest guys about. And... Um, yeah, it was, it was strange to say that he wanted to embarrass him. It was a, quite a quite a strong sort of comment to come out with afterwards. But yeah, if he's letting that get in his head, it is going to be especially when you come up against someone that does give it a bit more than Bunting does in terms of mouthing off before the game. And if that's going to rattle him a little bit, and like you say, throw him off his game to the point where he's end up giving away an extra couple of sets that he shouldn't have given away, it is a little bit of a concern. Yeah, talking of rattle, we're going to move on to the next game very, very shortly. Just a quick question in the chat room from Landa. He says, has Dimi ever hit a nine dart in a World Championship? Why is he saying he'll be the first to hit two of them? He's never hit a World Championship nine dart, but um, because nine darters are so much less, more frequently occurring than they have been in the past when they were worth an awful lot of money to sponsors and, and to the players for hitting them, and much like a 147 back in the days who have £147,000, uh, in snooker, um, the um, partner of the PDC have offered uh, a share of a hundred thousand pounds to anybody that hits two in the world championships. Um, so that's why they're all aiming for two. Uh, going price very, very nearly uh, pulled it off last year, didn't he? Hit one just uh, on this day, I think it was um, a year ago. 
in 2022, mm, yes. which still sounds weird yeah, to say on the first day of the year. Um, speaking of Gerwin Price, uh, match number three, um, absolutely demolished by the German number one, Gabriel Clemens, who looked imperious up on that stage, like he'd been putting these sort of televised performances in his entire career, like we've never ever questioned his ability to win up on stage, like he was the player with a higher ranking, he dominated the hockey, he fell for absolutely no antics, and at absolutely no moment, despite everything else that was going on during this game, did Gabriel Clemens look like he was going to lose this match after the second set? No, no, he didn't. Like, it was just, like you say, it was just clinical. It was, he just, like I say, he never looked rattled at all. Like, and every set was won comfortably. And this came off the back of him getting absolutely railroaded in the first set, where he averaged 104 and didn't get a dart at double and lost 3-0. And you're thinking, he's he's in bother here. Um, he might not get a dart at double all game the way this is going. And then goes and does that. And, yeah, like I say, never looked rattled, whereas Gezi's now lost his rattle because it's flown straight out the pram as well, looking at his Instagram. Yeah, well, I have a copy of that to show to people that perhaps may not have seen it so far. We'll get on to that in a little while. I mean, that first set from Gezi, you're looking at it going, this is what we've been waiting to see from you. 15, 12, 15, 107 average, I think it was. Um, it, it was the performance we've been waiting from Price. who hadn't quite produced it yet. Everyone was saying he needs to up his level. There was a chance that he could be caught out here. You start like that, you think maybe... That's enough to scare Clemens off a bit, given his history on TV. And then the second set is a huge response from Gabriel Clemens. Um, and it, he just runs away of it after that. Yeah. And he just, he completely outscored him. And so even when he did have a wobble on the doubles, because he did quite a, quite a few times, get, but it didn't matter because he had three and a half days until Gezi got down to a finish to worry him anyway so he could miss at will and still go on and win the legs and keep taking them out and he was just really really good um at the start of every leg and it just gave him so much time and to be fair the longer it went on the more and more comfortable he looked and he, he didn't look like missing at the end yeah i mean there aren't many key points to talk about in this match and i appreciate that despite the fact that Gabriel Clemens has just become the first German player, he was already the first German player to reach a quarter-final, he's now the first German player to reach a semi-final. There's only some it? we can check <laughs> that performance from Gabriel Clemens, and we're going to look ahead to a semi-final shortly afterwards. The talking points here are around Gerwin Price, so whilst we want to big up the fact that Clemens has, has just won, the world number one has just done a couple of interesting things within that match, um, and, and there's things to talk about within that. First of all, um, the ear defenders um, emerged after, I think it was the fourth set, 3-1 down. Um, yeah. Them on his head. Um, clearly, at that point, he, he decided he'd had enough with the crowd. I mean, at times, I thought they gave him an, an OK reception in terms of the walk-on. It wasn't... Look, there were boos within yeah, it. There were a few boos, but... No matter what, I just think we're at that point now where we are at that point now because there's been such a back and forth of it before in the past. That Gezi's been interviewed and quoted as saying, Bring it on, I like it, I need it, yeah. He thrives off it. You're just gonna keep picking that up a bit. Well, to be fair, I don't even think it was that. Shouting. He's added Leicester before from the people sat right at the front in a slightly smaller, quieter arena. That's where you draw the line, right? But yeah. In terms of just a wall of noise of booing, I, I don't think there's an awful lot you can do about that. And I I also think that Price has to shoulder some of the responsibility around that because of the way that he's behaved towards crowds in the past. Yeah, but I actually don't think it was that today. Like there was a there was a bit of booing on the walk on, but that's because there were eight nine hundred Germans in there again, like there have been every day and every single person that's played Gabe has had to put up with that at the start because they're all there supporting Gabe. So you're going to get a, a few boos from the crowd when you're playing against the player and it's essentially like a home game for him, which every game has been for him this week. 
So I don't really think there was anything that bad. I didn't particularly hear any sort of whistles as he was he was never going for double, so that's probably why. But um, I didn't particularly hear any of that up there today. I thought they were quite respectful, the crowd, to be fair. And there was times I, I was seeing I think he was just a bit and, and all that. There was a lot of support for for Gabriel as well. Granted, I think there's a, there's more to unpick with this a little bit. Is that from what we understand from the practice room and the press area that these have been with him for a while now and he's been planning on using them. So it's obviously been something that's built up in his yeah. mind every time anyway. He yeah, I mean, you don't just pull those feet. out of nowhere. Like. You have the smaller in-ear ones yeah. in underneath the big ones and he kept them in after that next set where it didn't quite go to plan. The, leg, the first leg and a half where he put the big ear defenders over the top, looked like a, a set of beats by Dre or whatever. Um Part of me can't help but think going that excessive with it caused even more yeah. target, caused even more reaction from the crowd. Look, when he's got them in, he probably can't hear an awful lot, but the crowd were very, very vocal at that point, booing and the reaction and, and whatever. And it worked for a leg and a half in his favour, granted. But if you've got the little ones in underneath as well, why didn't you try that for? He might have done. He might. This is just my thought. But to go that extreme with that size at that point, for me, that's a last roll of the dice it's i'm going to try something absolutely so dramatic that it either changes the attitude of the people behind me it fires me up in some psychological way or it gets into gabriel clement's head at the same time yeah I, I, the I, I, ones you don't really know it's mervyn king's been playing with in-ear ones for god knows how many years right you see him take them out at the end of the game and and whatever else some games he doesn't use them some games he does but if you go with them first and see it's not working or whatever else. We didn't see any adjusting of them up until that point. So it was clearly just from nothing to both. And I just think yeah. the big ones over the top weren't purely for Gerwin Price's benefit. They were for other people around him as a benefit yeah. as well. And then he went down to the smaller ones. Yeah, I, I 100% think that's the case. I, I think it was to try and rattle Gabe a little bit, to try and get... It was probably to rile the crowd up a little bit because he knew he couldn't hear them. He did it a little bit after he fired in the 180 I think it was or when he took the first leg after that and he, he sort of gave him a bit and gave it a big roar and was sort of pointing to the headphones to say I can't hear anything so he was he was doing it for that reason to try and get the crowd probably more involved even though it wasn't going to be something he was going to be really affected by but it might affect Gabe and I think that was exactly why he used those and yeah, obviously, he's, he must have had them around for a bit because you don't just pull those out of nowhere. They weren't exactly just like a, sta a standard set that come out of, come out of nowhere. Well, they but... were, they were, they've been pre-approved by the PDC for use before, so some people might be confused by them. What they do look like is just a big set of, of headphones that are, are more and more common these days. They weren't connected yeah. to anything. They were just ear defenders, so they could be classed as PPE for personal use, etc., for protection of ears. And at that point, in a venue that is... As loud as that is, the players are granted to use ear protection. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If it was connected to any device, he absolutely would not have been allowed to wear those. I guess at that point, though, I want to go back to you said he was reacting while he was wearing them as well. If you're doing it deliberately to, to block the crowd out, the last thing I want to do at that point is then G them up a bit. Because when you are turning around, it's impossible to not look out in a crowd that vast. Yeah. And even if you can't hear them, you're going to see them. And look, it's an adult crowd. People are, have had a few beers and whatever. I'm not by any means saying that 
their behaviour is ever going to be perfect. I think PDC yeah. crowds are far too gone. But if you're having this battle with the crowd, the last thing you I want to do is give them ammunition or a chance to rile up because whilst you may not be able to hear them, you can certainly see some physical actions that would go against how you feel at that moment as well. Yeah, but I don't think that's what he's concerned about. I think the noise while he's throwing or while he's up there is probably more what he's concerned about. I think what he can see in the background, I don't think really bothers him, to be honest. Yeah. Right. We do have a picture of uh, the post he put on his Instagram story. Uh, Let over the top. So he said, so frustrating. You play all year round preparing for this one tournament. So good. And I wasn't let play, but good luck. Everyone left in. Not sure I will ever play in this event again. Now, we've seen similar in the first couple of rows of information or the post before. Yeah. The last line I think we need to touch on right here is not sure I will ever play in this event again. If you're a professional dart player in an organisation that does not intend to play in your world championship again, is there a danger right now, given the conversation we've just had and the mental effect that must be having on Gerwin Price, especially as he's on the way down in the rankings now as well. That, that will make a massive difference to someone. We've seen the likes of Barney drop off. Well, he's down to four, isn't he? When, so. when Paul Nicholson was on the rise in his career, and he's said he's said something that I thought on social media as well to start with. He hasn't responded to my question yet. Um, he's genuinely fearful that Gerwin Price might walk away from this sport. Now, we're all acutely aware of just how successful Gerwin Price's property business is because of the success he's had in darts and professional rugby, spoken recently about potentially returning to rugby as well. That is his first look. If this sport continues to treat him in the way that he perceives he's being treated as a minimum, whether you agree with it in either direction at that point, that's not a we think this or we think that. If he continues to believe that's the way he's being treated, he doesn't need darts. And no, that last sentence might just be a little bit closer to being true. Yeah. Well, I think that's your internet again. But yeah, as as you were kind of saying, he doesn't need darts. It's not his first love. It's not what he, he does it because he's very, very good at it. And for the last period of time, he's been the best in the world at it. He's... But like you say, he's now dropped down to number four provisionally in the world now, based on that. Yeah. Could potentially go to five if Dimi goes and wins the event as well. Um, which, obviously, like you say, would would make a big difference. I mean, it would actually rule him out of an automatic qualifying spot for the Premier League. I don't think there's any point where he doesn't get picked for it anyway. Really? But, but different venues in the country and in the world where you're only going to Cardiff once and you get the support and everybody else is on your back. That genuinely yeah. might be the last thing that Gerwin Price needs right now. Well, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, if he doesn't, if Timmy does end up above him and he ends up down at number five and he's not automatically in based on, on being in the top four and he's saying that he's not going to play in the World Championship next year, do you even then pick him? Or do you say, if you're not going to... If you're not saying you're not going to play in the World Championship, you can... Wave goodbye to your shot at 250 grand as well. I guess so. And look, the other thing to consider is that as long as he does continue to drop down the rankings a little bit, not only have you got that battle with yourself and the ability and, and to climb back up and that battle for one and one that's been raging all year with, with Peter Wright, it looks almost set that he's going to lose that right now. I think Peter Wright is staying one and one after this tournament unless Smith or MVG win the title. So, so Gerwin Price will not be in that position at all. He's got the slide of the rankings plus the internal debate about whether or not he wants to continue playing in front of these crowds. Jamie's just said darts doesn't need price, darts as MVG. You need people that can stop MVG. The yeah. biggest criticism that darts had for 15 years was that Phil Taylor was too dominant. The, the performances yeah. we've seen from Michael Van Gerwen in this tournament, if he returns to that year long once again, the sport becomes very, very stale very, very quickly all over again. Yeah, although I do think there are people that out there that can beat him and will. In... How, yeah, but there were people out there that couldn't beat that could and did beat Phil Taylor, but it became a rarity. Yeah, I just think, yeah, it does concern me. I, I, I can very easily see him walking away and not and giving up. And like you say, he, he wants to go and play rugby. It's, it's very tough to 
do both because anyone that watches rugby week in week out knows that generally you get bashed up every week when you're playing it and you need your hands <laughs> to play darts you do indeed right i appreciate that that was an awful lot of talking about gerwin price that when the world former world number one and world champion has a performance and, and a statement like that and, and produce something we've never seen on the stage that does become the talking point uh we're going to hear from gabriel clemens now speaking in his post-match press conference no it's uh, the important thing was uh play after christmas <coughs> that's uh, that's really good and uh, play after New Year, it's uh, amazing. And now it's semi-finals, it's uh, yeah, no, no words. It just keeps getting better and better for Gabriel Clemens. Uh, we move into uh, the final game of the evening session. And once again, this was pretty much one way. Well, wasn't pretty much one-way traffic. It was one-way traffic, unfortunately, for Chris Dobie. Uh, he picked up just three legs in five sets against Marco Van Gerwen. Green Machine producing 102 average, 38% on the doubles, took out a 152 while Dobie sat on one as if to just rub it in. And there was just, there were levels between these two tonight. It, it wasn't just he turned up at one point, it was Dobie was more than a dart behind an awful lot this evening. And, and that's not to discredit Dobie, it wasn't his, his best performance, but that's just how well Mark Van Gogh is playing right now. Yes, there is that, but we also know that. Chris Dobie is a heavy, heavy scorer on a dartboard usually. And he was absolutely nowhere near it tonight. And obviously, it's, it's the biggest game he's he's ever played in his career to this point. And he didn't quite show up, but also wasn't given much opportunity to either because Van Gogh was just consistently at that level where he just never, never really let him off. And even in the legs where he did have a couple of poor legs Van Gogh in, but Dolby also had a poor leg in those as well and struggled to to sort of capitalise on those and he just never just never got any confidence going. But because there would have been opportunities there if he was if he was scoring heavy. I mean, Van Gogh has missed quite a few darts at double still. Yes, a lot of them came in some of well, some of them came in visits where he still then took out the finish, but then there were also multiple visits where he missed a, missed a few darts at double and, and came back to take it out next time, still under no pressure. If he could have got into him early, you never know things could change because they did look like there might have been opportunities, but it was just... I mean, he was just playing with him at the end, wasn't he? He was, like, he was literally... The, the game was done from two sets on. It's incredibly difficult for a player to approach a game against someone who is so heavily favourite once again, has all the history behind him. Dobie's in the biggest match of his career at that point. We're fully aware of the level that Dobie can produce, whether or not he's got that close to repeating that on TV often enough is a different matter, but constant pressure against the tournament favourite. I mean, you tipped an upset at one point on this show, but only if Dobie got off to a good start. And that was just completely taken out of his, his hands once again. And once you're chasing somebody as good as Van Gogh in every single dart that doesn't go where it's supposed to, just puts you further and further behind the eight ball in this regard because Van Gogh is he's a ridiculous man when he's chasing you down and got a bit of momentum. But as a front runner, there's no relenting. Even yeah. when he gets a little bit bored and starts going on, on different routes, like potentially we saw from him back end of 2017 and 2018 when he, when he virtually completed darts, there was no let up in ability. There was no let up in intensity of the performance. It was, I'm just going to do this a slightly different way because he has that ability. Yeah. And I think, for me, like I say, yeah, I did, I did say, but I said with a massive caveat that he had to win the first set if he was gonna get the upset, and if he didn't, then it could very easily be done five nil, five one. And there's a big moment in like four where Van Gerwen was faffing around. He, I think he'd missed sort of four or five darts at a double, and Dolby had an opportunity on four, on um, you know, fifty nine, something like that. Um, and missed two darts at double to level up at two each, and that would have given him a chance. It would have been against the darts still in that final leg of the first set, but it would have given him an opportunity. If he could have just fired in a 180 to start the leg, like he, like he was doing against against Cross when in the big legs he kept kicking off with a 180 and giving himself a real good opportunity, we could have seen a different game. We would have seen Dolby's confidence rise. He probably would have played a lot better, but he missed that opportunity. 
and so all of a sudden he's one nil down, and he just never got just never got into the game from there. Right. Uh, look, let's just hear from the green machine. I guess <laughs> there's not really a lot more to say in that. There was a gap between the performances, and there's a gap between the amount of prize money they're going to take home because Marco Van Gerwen is into the semi-final of the PDC World Darts Championship. It's ear defenders was behind him, and I only said to him, "You don't have the balls to put him on," the, yeah, and he did. So I just was trying to wind him up, but in this position, with the way, with his uh, capability, with how big he is in darts, I would have done it. But that, that's he's been going through a rough period, and that doesn't always make it easy. So, yeah, please. I don't think, nah. It's never been done in Dutch before. I think, uh, nah. Yeah. And also, I guess he doesn't need him, but he's a bit in in a tough period at the moment, so he's trying to about think about things. But he shouldn't put himself in that position. But that's Dutch, unfortunately. There's a very big grin on Mr. Barr's face in the back end of our streaming software when I just started playing that clip because he hadn't pre-warned us what was going to be spoken about. But you know exactly no. what he was doing, asking Van Gerwen about those ear defenders. And I think he got exactly the response he was expecting. But in terms of Van Gerwen at the minute, he is back to that relaxed, jovial character. I mean, even when he was struggling, he was still saying the right things. If I play my A game, everybody's scared of me, etc. And... and I think that was shrugged off an awful lot because he just wasn't getting anywhere near that again. Or if he did it, he did it for a round and then he dropped off to an 80s, low yeah. 90s performance the following round. And you had absolutely no fear he was going to back it up at that point. However, now that that's back and the fact he's continued to keep that mentality and say the same things, people are like, hang on, you actually believed that a few years ago and now you're still playing like this. Like, It's almost like even if the mentality did change, he was saying the right things that, Nobody believes it did change, and nobody believes there's a vulnerability in him again because he's decided there isn't. Yeah, basically that. Um, and we saw it on stage as well when he was interviewed afterwards and got told that Dimmy's confident ahead of it. Was that so? And he didn't take the microphone. <laughs> Apologies, I said to cough. Um, yeah, he, um, yeah, but he didn't take the microphone, but he was told that. Dimitri's confident ahead of tomorrow and he said oh he's confident is he he won't be tomorrow <laughs> that's like it just he just he's got that like you say it's that little cheeky edge and he just kind of almost knows he can do whatever he wants right now and say what he wants because he's backing it up every single time he's going up there yeah 100% speaking of tomorrow let's look ahead to the two semi-finals we have here at the Alexander Palace uh, starting, they're both in the evening, aren't they? Have I made that? Yes, up? yes, yes. Yeah, often they are. Not sure what order they're being played in. One's got quarter to eight for Smith, Clemens, Vandenberg, and then, Van then, then TBA for the other one. So, yeah, which probably means later on because Van Gerwen's your, your big draw now, so he'll be the prime time spot. Yeah, uh, but we're going to go the order that I've got them on my screen. So, we're going to go Dimitri Vandenberg against Van Gerwen first. Reminder race to six sets now. Yep. Chat room, get involved as well. We've still got plenty of time, and I might even get all your predictions up on screen if I can click them quick enough, depending on how many of you guys get involved. Uh, Vandenberg, Van Gerwen, score predictions, go. Um, it's a tough one because I do think. No, I don't think. No, no, I think Van Gerwen wins. It's easy. Um, I think the biggest concern for me in this game for Dimmy is if he tries to faff around and slow it down. Because you can't slow Van Gerwen down. I'm like, yeah. even, even if it takes him, even if you slow him down getting to the hockey, once he gets there, his rhythm is exactly the same and he throws all three darts the same every time. So it, it doesn't affect him. It doesn't. It's not going to make any difference. If anything, it'll just piss him off a little bit and he'll play better because of that. <laughs> and just want to beat him even more. Um I think he wins. I'd want to see a close. I want to see close games, and I just don't think we will. I think he wins six, three. Being generous, I think we see similar. Demi's more than capable of producing those ridiculous moments, especially on his own set. And I think I'm going to refer to him as a kid. 
but he's the same age as me and he's definitely not. He's got bottle and he's he's got those moments of composure. And if he was still throwing with the darts that Target had made him when he first made the move over, I'm not even sure he would have made it this far, but I definitely no. wouldn't have taken him to, to pick up an awful lot tomorrow. But these are so similar to the ones that gave him so much confidence when he was winning titles. Let's not forget, he did win two World Series events earlier this year. Right, so he's beaten all the top guys, all the Premier League guys, but that was before he moved manufacture, before he changed barrel. Right, he's yeah. gone back to something as, as close as possible to that now, made by his new manufacturer, and it just seems to have reassured him in every single moment that he needs it. Um, however, I just don't see anything other than a Marco Van Gogh title at the minute, let alone this match. Um, so I too, I'm going to say six three Van Gerwen. I don't think there's many people that have predicted upsets in the chat room. So pretty much everybody's Van Gerwen when I say the scores out, just to say <laughs> trying to worry about reading people's names. Yeah, there's Van not Gerwen. there's not one. Uh, so Tommy's got six two. Jamie's got six one. Charlie's got six three. HJV six three as well. G's got six two. Uh, Daniel's got six three. Harry's got six two. Uh, Matthew's got 6-4. I think that's the closest one we've had so far. Yeah. MVG 6-3. Uh, Paul's got 6-2. A lot from Bob. Sorry, I've just said MVG. See what I mean? Getting these names going. Uh, Kieran's got 6-4. Mike's got 6-2. Uh, Jack's got 6-3. Demi will try and slam down. Craig's got 6-3 as well. Uh, Mr. David's got 6-3. Oh, uh, we have one. We have one. Uh, Pat Everett's got 6-2. Uh, we keep scrolling a bit more. And Nels, I think you said that just to be different right at the end, uh, has got Dimmy 6 5. Uh, into the second semi final that could well be the first semi final, but nobody really knows what semi final it is. Uh, is Gabriel Clemens, the German number one, against Michael Smith, the English number one, and potentially world number one, should he lift this title? Um, if they play like they did today, there's only one winner here. However, I don't think most people expect that to happen. Yeah. Um, just on to Tommy's question, just to give myself a little bit of extra time before I make my prediction. Uh, he's currently is 19th provisionally. Um, he's Clemens. Yeah. Um, I thought he was really, really good, Clemens, today. And if he plays like that again, he's going to give Smith a lot of trouble. But I'm not sure we see him back it up. And I think we'll see Smith play better than he did today. I think he'll score heavier, which will sort of just, just put him a little bit further ahead in legs or closer to, to Clemens. And if he doubles like he did again, he's he's going to take his chances. He's going to win this. And I think, again, it's not going to be particularly close. And I think it's 6-2 to Bully. Interesting. I mean, if Gabriel Clemens keeps performing at the level that we've seen from him so far in this tournament, there does just seem to be that extra air of confidence and, and calmness up on the hockey. He doesn't seem flappable to respond to, to Gezi's first set tonight was, was superb. There is that concern that maybe that starts to get away from Bully a little bit. We saw that in the UK Open final against Danny Nopper when you're expected to win and that start to to slip away from that level of performance. He was much, much better against Ross Smith in the European Championship final. But if if you've got those two memories in the same year or the same season, and then you're going into another game where you expect yourself to make that final and you've got that ability and it's all been going your way so far and it just doesn't quite click in those moments. It's been tested early on, granted. It just might be the chance for this game to get away from Bully Boy and, and into the Clemens' hand. And what absolute scenes that would be, um, especially as we throw back to all the predictions and there weren't, I'm not going to say there weren't many of us. I think every single one of us identified Clemens as a, as a nice route in this draw to, to pick yourself off um, with, especially as it was Bo Greaves or Willie O'Connor waiting for him. Um, but I'm going to go Marcus Smith, but I'm going to say 6-4. I just think Clemens has been very, very good and I think he'll get, close i think he'll get rewarded for those performances and, and what he's done so far in this tournament but i'm not sure it'll be enough to beat michael smith uh, again these predictions are all in smith's favor as he is the favorite unless otherwise uh, so tommy has six four charlie's got six three matthew's got six two uh pat Everett has gone for gabriel clemens six four 
Uh, Mike Gallagher has got 6-3. G's got 6-4. Paul's got 6-3 as well. HV says we go deep and it goes in Clemens' favour. He's got 6-5. Uh, Bob has got 6-3. Uh, Jamie got 6-5. Smith, Gabriel's doubles will cost him this time. Interesting. Uh, Jordan's got 6-2, as is Harry Barry. Uh, Jack's got 6-3. Craig has got 6-4. Kieran 6-3 as well. Uh, Jax has been impressed with Clemens, but Smith beats him 6-4. Um, do we have any more predictions before we answer some questions? Mr. Davis says 6-1. I think that's in Smith's favour. Uh, and we will go from that. I suppose one last question is, uh, if Clemens gets to the final, is he Premier League potential? Can we, we touched on Dimitri potentially being in there early. I mean, I gave my eight earlier bar in a, a surprise world champion. Would a Premier League final be enough for Clemens, given all of the other names in the hunt so far this season? It's tough, isn't it? Because, I mean, realistically, it should put you in, in the conversation, but it is literally the only thing we've seen from him. Yeah. However, and, and the strange thing is that these num this is what the conversation has been from Sky, and they don't broadcast in Germany... But all of the talk around Gabriel Clemens right now is the numbers he is doing yeah. on German TV. 1.3, 1.4 million people are tuning into the darts. Yeah, I imagine Gabriel more than that. Today. And if this is your route to Premier League watching every single week via Sport One or whatever, there. I think it'd be via play at the minute or, or Design. I think it is Sport One though. Um, you're looking at some interesting. Yeah, no, it's certainly right now. Certainly, numbers-wise, yeah, it it does make sense. But I just don't think I don't think a final will be enough. And yeah, I just can't. I'm not not sure it will be enough. But yeah, like you say, you just kind of beat me to it. There, that's where I was kind of going next. Is that numbers-wise? Obviously, he's got, got so many. There's so many over here watching him anyway. In terms of German fans that have come over for this tournament, you've then got the the same, like say, millions watching it back there. I assume with it being sort of what was it, 1.4, 1.5 in the last round, it's going to be well above two million would have been tuning in for this yeah. tonight. Sort of prime Until time. Back, obviously, I believe it's a national holiday in Germany as well. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. So, so yeah, you think more. Like I said, they even mentioned they had tweets from Thomas Muller and, and all sorts of sort of before the before the game. So, I I think I could see why they would do it, but what we've got to remember is that the majority, well, nearly every night is in the UK, and does Clement draw fans to the UK and UK viewers the same way that somebody else? UK would. arenas are already sold out. Well. Yeah, no, but well, virtually. Yeah. Do we think? I'm not do we think? Buy into that. Look, you buy tickets with the expectation you're going to see certain players, but there's also the chance yeah. that you don't get to see any of them because they might change the rules or whatever else. So I'm not yeah. sure I've ever bought into to that thinking. I mean, look, it's still relatively early compared to the rest of the show. So I've got a couple more questions. If you fancy them, I'm definitely going to blame you for talking once again at the end of the show. No, but we're sure. nearing the end of the tournament. It's only quarter past 11 compared to our usual post-midnight finishes, etc. Um, quickly, yes or no, nine data to come in this tournament. Is there anything that's missing so far? Yes. Still think we'll get one? A couple of people. I think, I think we get two. From here, in three matches, you think we get two more nine datas? Yes. Well, I say more as if we've had one. Um, yeah, we get... I think Smith and Van Gogh and both hit one before the end of the tournament. Interesting. Um, who did you predict for the final? Smith and tournament? Van Still think they both make it. Still think... still think Smith wins. Still think Smith wins the final? Yeah. Standing, standing by my prediction. And the final one, look, I appreciate this is the World Championships, but... And I, I, I will spend all year hating conversations around the Premier League, but I think there is one more conversation to be had right now is, do we think we will get the announcement after the World Championship final? Or given the performances we've seen with Clayton losing, we've seen Joe Cullen fall a little bit earlier, Luke Humphreys has been ill through this tournament but was tipped very hotly, uh, Nathan Aspinall falling a little bit early but was in contention as well. We've got 
Dirk Van Dijvenbode are in contention. We've now got Clemens going deep, Dimitri in there as well, Danny Knopper, Ross Smith. Will they wait for the Masters? Will they chuck all of these names into Copenhagen and just say, these are the eight players we've got lined up for one or two spots, go and have at it? Or will they wait until the Masters? However, very, very small turnaround time from the end of the Masters on the Sunday and the Premier League starting on the Thursday. Yeah, exactly that. Um, no, I don't think they wait for the Masters because, like I said, it's too short of a turnaround. You can't announce it, the full field. Whether it's only down to one spot or two spots, I still think it's too close to it. Um, so I, I I, don't know if we'll get the announcement straight away. We were discussing this in with in one of the other group chats I was in earlier uh, on whether we would get it straight afterwards or not. I don't know. I suppose it depends... If Clemens makes the final and then could potentially go on to win it, I don't think he can announce it straight afterwards because I think there's going to have to be some thought process around whether he gets in or not. Yeah. If it's Smith and MVG in the final, I think possibly we do get the announcement straight afterwards. Given that only Josh Rock, whose name was being tipped a little bit, isn't in that top 24, are we looking at the Masters? I'm actually looking at Phil in the background here. Or are we looking at using the couple of spots left for Bahrain and Copenhagen and getting it done that little bit earlier? Yeah, no, I don't. The Masters for me, it is just too late, I think. I just, and like you say, I think it's too soon for Josh Rock as well, as good as he's been this year. I think it is. It was just more looking at where he is in the, in the world ranking, obviously. Yeah, he's not going to be there anyway. There was, so. there was talk of it. If, he, if he'd gone deep here, if he'd beaten Clayton and was in that match against Dimmy and whatever, if, if he was in Dimmy's position right now, there's a serious, serious calling. For yeah, oh, definitely. You know, yeah. I don't believe so at the minute. I think it is too soon. If there was a bigger format, if you go in 16 players and 8 and 8, I think I'd chuck him in as one because he's playing oh, every other definitely. week and you're in different environments, etc. There's multiple different things I think you could do with the format. Ultimately, I think eight players is going to be way too narrow. Whichever decision they come up with, whoever goes deep in whatever tournaments they've got left, there's still going to be calls for Danny Nopper, Ross Smith, who both won majors last year. That was no longer, was never a criteria. It was sort of unwritten, no longer yeah. seems to be used at all. And there's, there's going to be outcry when those two don't get in at all anyway. Um, but when you look at the wider field, the top four are pretty much set. But if... Dimitri sneaks in there unexpected, well, not unexpectedly, by winning. That pushes prize. That's five of your six done, five of your eight done at that point. Rob Cross is world number six, repeatedly said that he doesn't want it. But if he's offered it, will that change? Will the PDC not offer it because he said he doesn't want it, etc.? How do we decipher yeah. what's going on there? You've got Johnny Clayton. Can you not put Cullen in? Eight. You've got Cullen, who made the final last he year. He went, went within a dart winning it. Can you not However, the in? year before, when Jose de Salza went to the final, he didn't get called up again straight away. Yeah. Um, you've got Nathan Aspinall, who's been to two finals this year. Can't see James Wade being included this year. Uh, Dirk van Dijvenberda is incredibly entertaining. Everybody loves the walk-on. Potentially needs to win more of his B game, I guess, but blown away by a very, very good Van Gerwen, I think. Most people have done that, and to be drawn on that side of the draw is a bit harsh for people. Um, you look further down, Ross Smith's won a major. I think Dave Chisnell's performances this year in terms of ability and performance have been in contention in terms of what he's won, perhaps not. Um, you look at the old guard, if, if Gary Anderson is going to disappear, do they give him one last dance? Barney's off to a World Series. Yeah, you do talk too much, you are. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I just think it's interesting to unpack it a minute in the fact that the field has narrowed and we've just listed God knows how many names and actually you can make a case for pretty much every single one of them to be in the Premier League at some point this year. Yeah, yeah, you can. And like you say, I think we've had this conversation before about splitting it into two lots of eight and having two separate divisions who then sort of play off towards a final, almost like a sort of... NFL style sort of thing where you've got two two different conferences and then they come together towards the end of it. That way you can get a lot more people in there and it would probably be a little bit more entertaining than than we all kind of thought it was last year. And still not sure on sold on the format, but we're getting the same format again as far as we know. So I think yeah, I think we do I think we'll get an announcement after the final because I think it'll be pretty 
set in on which way they're going to go, even though, like you say, there are a lot of people you could go for. Be interesting to see what plays out. Obviously, the most important thing is we do crown the new PDC World Darts champion. I mean, it certainly looks like Michael Van Gerwen is heading for his fourth PDC World Darts championship title, uh, but plenty more of action still to come. A big, big thanks to everyone that's joined us in the chat room this evening. Yes, Lee, big, big thanks for that reminder. The Moda Super Series returns to action tomorrow. It is back for 50 weeks of the year once again. So if you want to catch some darts during the day, uh, head over to the Moda Super Series YouTube channel um, or the Sporty Stuff TV. Um, follow us on all of our socials. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Big shout out for reaching 30K. A massive, massive Happy New Year to all of you. I hope 2023 is mega for you. I hope the Eagles continue to get bashed, Cam. Uh, a big, big thanks to everybody for watching us this evening. We will see you all tomorrow when we will know who will take part in the World Championship final. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 